Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Be Noble, Be Kind podcast. I am finally back. It has been quite the busy early spring and summer for me, which is why I have not been able to put out any podcast, or at least that's what I'm going to say is the reason, not because I'm lazy. Uh, but amongst just having a busy calendar full of all kinds of fun activities, uh, Christy and I have also recently moved into a new apartment uh, from Monona on the east side, and now we are currently in Madison on the west side, right next door to my good friends Rob and Tia Gust. So Rob and I are once again neighbors, so that is awesome. We are loving the new place and finally now have gotten settled. And since we've been settled, I remembered that I was sitting on this gem of a podcast. And I just needed to finally get to editing it and releasing it out to the people. So... This podcast uh, goes all the way back to uh, early February in 2019, and it is a time when my dad, myself, went out to the Ambles barn where we hunt and where I got my eight-point buck bow hunting last year, which you can hear all about in the previous podcast. Uh, episode of this podcast, if you are interested in that. But without further ado, please enjoy this podcast from back in February with Randy and Heston Amble, my dad, Jody, and myself, your host of the Be Noble, Be Kind podcast. Enjoy. just go sit in a tavern somewhere <laughs> seriously and then when people come in say hello there you know buy them a beer right just sit down and, and get their story like different people have come in I that would be, be an so, interesting podcast people would be so interested in that so that's a, that's kind of the same idea behind have you ever heard of humans of new york mm-hmm. it was this photographer see we could be talking about he just came <laughs> it, this i he was just walking around New York taking pictures, and then he started asking people if he could take pictures of them, and then he'd talk with them, get their story. So then he made a book. He'd have their picture. As long, you know, he okayed it with them that it was all right, and then he'd have like a just a paragraph, or some were pages because it was like such a compelling thing, and they had a crazy story. Some people, some it'd be just a picture of a kid and. It might be a quote saying, like, hi, mister. That's all it is. But some of them are, like, you know, some detailed. And, and then he's. People are the most interesting. Exactly, yeah. Sure. 
Yeah, you get John Sands, sit him down. I don't. Talking to him. Cole asked if I've ever met him, and I don't know if I have. He'll be here today. Really? Yep. He's coming home. So we're sitting out in the barn, Randy Amble's barn. We're just going to talk a little bit. Uh, Randy thawed them out over the last few days, and we cut them all up into, I don't know, golf ball size chunks or less, and put them in jars, and you uh, put them in the pressure cooker. So you crank up the temperature, and uh, when the steam starts coming out the hole, you set a timer for 10 minutes, and then after 10 minutes, you put the weight on top. And uh, the pressure will start to grow up to 11 pounds of pressure in the, in the, in the can, I guess. And then uh, once it hits 11 pounds, then you set a timer for 75 minutes for pints and 90 minutes for quarts. So it's, it takes a while. It, it, but it went quick cutting it up, though, I thought. Yeah, that didn't take as long at all. Yeah, we cut up two, two whole 20 pound turkeys in an hour. Yeah, I would say. So after, uh, after it sits in there at 11 pounds of pressure for 75 minutes, you take it off the heat, let the pressure come down naturally. And then uh, once the pressure's down, you can take the lid off and. Uh, let it sit like that for another half hour or so, and then you can start taking the jars out and setting them on, uh, like on a towel or whatever. And then uh, as they cool, they'll start to seal. You'll hear the lids going pop, 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 pop. So we're, we've been 100% successful with the, the no, venison. One, one jar didn't seal. Oh, one it jar did? Right away, yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. So once you can meet... You know, they say it's got a shelf life of like two to three years or whatever. You should, you know, you're going to eat it in that time anyway. Right. Sure. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I've had, uh, Mom and I, Shelly and I had a, a jar of it this week, and it was fantastic. We had it over mashed potatoes. Yeah, I'm looking forward to trying it. Yeah, we'll and, definitely make sure you get home, go home with some. Yeah, and I was going to do, I want to do some of my own jerky as well. I just got to borrow the dehydrator from a, a guy at work has one. He's been bringing some in that he's done as well. Uh-huh. Do you do you prefer to just slice like the meat and do strips like that or like the ground? I've done it both ways, but I kind of like this way we did it this last time with that ground because... Well, each piece is a uniform thickness and everything. You can really, I mean, you get it just perfect on that dehydrator. You don't waste an inch, you know, so you use it every little bit of space. Yeah. Other stuff, it's hard. And Do it's you, hard to get big pieces if you're slicing it. Yeah. Do you use, like, a rub mix to mix all in there? Yeah, it's uh, actually... Is that what it is? It's uh, High Mountain. Okay. Get it at uh, Walmart or Farm and Fleet or whatever. Yep. And this is the original. They have all kinds of flavors, teriyakis, and you name it. Well, next year we'll try some the other way, too. We use that Lois uh, Rodemaker's recipe. She soaks it in the stuff for a couple days. Yeah, that's... The stuff is really good. The guy at work, he uh, he marinated it in, like, uh, soy sauce, nope. garlic... liquid smoke. Warsh, or... Uh, Worcestershire. Worsh, yeah. 
It had a little, and uh, red pepper flakes for a little kick. It was good. Well, we processed a lot of stuff over here. Yeah, we were blessed this year with venison, that's for sure. 11 deer, freezers full, potato sausage, burger. Now canned venison, jerky last weekend as well. Yeah, so be eating good for the next few months. Absolutely. Several months. Yep, now we got to get some morales canned this spring. That's the goal. Yeah, I'd like to do some vegetables this summer, too, as they come into season. You know, because it's like, it's funny, a garden will supply you vegetables at that time, but then in the wintertime, you have to buy your vegetables. Yeah, which is stupid. It, it, you know, if you can do it yourself. Especially like beans are so easy. You can get three crops, you know, easy. Yeah. Through the season. Yeah, I, uh, I froze some corn this year. We did um, 30, 30 dozen. We did a lot of corn. Holy crap. Yeah. Oh, that's the best corn. Yeah. Man. I think I almost wore out my electric knife cutting it off. <laughs> Where'd you get it, from Hooters? No, I got it from uh, Mark Hotman down in Arena. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's so good. His corn is excellent. Yeah, he cut me a pretty good deal on canned corn. Yeah, we did that one year up here. We grew corn. Kept the coons out of it, luckily. And we had a lot. Remember that, Heston? Mm-hmm. So we picked it at night, just because that's how I used to do it with Phil down here. Oh, yeah, so yeah. Filled the mule right up, I think. We had a ton of it. It was so good. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Even if uh, even if you don't have your own garden, just by going to the the farmers markets and whatnot, you can get enough stuff that you can eat eat it today and and save some for tomorrow. You know, it's. I go down to the farmers market down here. These people from Taliesin and spend twenty bucks, and they pretty much got vegetables for a week. For the whole week. Yeah, you could buy bulk from them too. You know? Oh, and that's they... truly organic. I mean, you can't get any. You know, I don't know how you do any better than they do. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh It's expensive in Madison, right? If you go down there. Yeah, and times I've gone it's it's not really I mean, a lot of it is like you can buy uh what do you call like like aloe and and like succulents and stuff like that. I mean when we we went only like once or twice when it was early yet, so they didn't have quite the variety of everything either. But and around the square is you're gonna get hit in the ankle like ten times by strollers, and you're just and it's packed. Yeah, this one down here you can't beat it. It gets bigger. I mean, it's really good though down there. I think. Yeah, they do have one right in Monona, but that one's pretty small and. It's not like I mean they have flowers and different different food stands and stuff like that. It's not exactly all well, vegetables. I think, I think they're only going to get more popular. You know, I think more and more people are just having awareness of what they're putting in their bodies for food. Yeah, you know? I mean you can't. It's hard to be a hundred percent organic, hundred percent this or that. But if you can be a bigger percentage of natural, 
you're only going to well, be benefiting just, yourself yeah, in the long run. The less and less pesticides and all that stuff you can put in your body. Because for all them years, it was all convenience, and everybody's seen the results of that now. So now they're going back, always goes back to the... Basics. Right? Yeah. Pretty good stuff, I yeah. think. Yeah, the basics. That's what we're trying to do. Yeah, you've always done a pretty good job of not, not eating out of boxes and cans. Yeah. So I got to do better, though. Because I want these guys to do better, for sure. You bet. So, I'd like to hear the history of your property here, Randy. So, how you found it, when you bought it, and then the, the progression of to get to where you are today with it. Well, when I found it, I was living in an arena in a trailer, and I was... I was focused on getting out in the country. That was my dream. So I was working seven days a week, all the time, working after work, saving up money. And I, my brother-in-law lives up the road, and I talked to him before. He knew I was looking for a place. He calls me up one day, and he says, are you still looking to buy a place? I said, yep. Said I was just up to the neighbors, and he said that Keith Simon wants to sell that old house down there, this place. So I called Keith Simon right then, and I said, "Yeah, I heard you were thinking of selling your place." This is Randy Amble. He goes, "Who is this?" He goes, "How did you hear I was selling this?" And I told him the brother. He goes, "I was just up there 15 minutes ago." <laughs> <laughs> He goes, hey, he's like, I have a list. He goes, that's the only person I've told in the whole world is Joe Stapleton. He goes, and, and you call me. So we talked a while, and I said I was interested in it, and if I could uh, take a look at it. So, and I drove by here to go to the in-laws through the years. I always noticed this place, but it was all overgrown, and you hardly really paid much attention to it. Yeah, you couldn't barely see the house from the road, could you? No, had all them cedar trees in the front yard. But I always remember looking up in that valley thinking how nice it was up by the maple trees. So I drove by it a bunch of times after that, and then finally got to, to uh, meet Keith out here. So him and I met out here and uh, walked around and, you know, the conversation we had was, I could tell that we kind of hit it off the way we think alike. You know, he didn't, when we got done talking about it, he said, we shook hands, and he said, this place, as far as I'm concerned, is yours. He said, I'm not going to list it. He goes, nobody else is going to know it's for sale. And he goes, he goes, I think I could get more for it. So I, I think he could. He wanted me to have it. Because he didn't want somebody to knock the old house down, you know, log it off, you know what I mean? Just flip it or whatever. He wanted somebody to be here to raise a family. So shook his hand. It was right before I was going to get married. And he said, uh, 
I know you're going to be getting married. He said, take your time. So, came up with the down payment and, and bought it. So, from that first meeting with, with Keith and shaking hands or whatever, was it a year? Less no, than? it was probably three months. Oh, okay. Three, four months, I yeah. would say. Yep. So, the, the, the day that you closed on it or whatever and it was yours... Was the house good enough to live in at that time? You could have lived in it. It would have been rough. But you <laughs> lived in it. Yeah. So what what was the state of the the house? It had one gas heater. It was a little under nine hundred square feet. Was what was there originally, and uh, it was original. And there was no there was one bathroom built on upstairs, and there was a sink in the kitchen. That's about it. Really? Yeah. But, you know, now that, you know, it, it looks way different now. But I always say it never looked better than we closed on it and we drove out here. It's always stuck in my mind. I mean, it just looked perfect that way. So how long after that did you actually move into it? Well, we lived with her mom for... I don't know, I guess maybe six months. Started gutting it out and making it livable, you know? So electrical, plumbing, the whole, everything, huh? Yep. Yeah, stripped it right down. Yep, a lot of work. So then you, when you did move in, um, you, you didn't have any kids yet at that time, right? No, she was, let's see, we got married right before we moved in. And she got pregnant right away. Oh, okay. So Adeline was born before you ever added on or anything to this place? No, she was born, let me think about that. I was before I went on my own. She was that she got pregnant, and then uh, that's when I went and decided to go on my own. Okay. Because that little house and a baby on the way, the house wasn't big enough, really, you know. Adeline lived in our bedroom for three years till we added on. Oh, really? Yep. You know, she's three years old. Okay. Because we only had one bedroom, so she was in there with us. So that bedroom would be like her bedroom today? Yeah. That was? Yep. That okay. was it. Okay. Yep, and the little, I mean, our di our living area, living room, like with the TV, we had a TV about the size of that computer there, <laughs> and uh, I tell you, I always remember thinking, and I have way much more now than I had then for material things, but I always thought I was a king back then. <laughs> I never thought that TV was small, or, you know, I looked at things so different back then, I was so glad to have that, and it was plenty big. Yeah. Us, you know? So, uh, the kitchen is still the original kitchen of the house, right? Yep. And then that, what I think is cool is you were able to maintain the front porch as the original front porch. Yeah, we tried to keep as much original as we could. We got doors in there yep. that are original, and uh, what else is original in there? That's about it, the doors. 
then we made the trim from walnut trees in the yard. Oh, did you really? Yep. So you're on your own for two or three years then and uh, probably got a little cash ahead of yourself and decided to add on then? Well, she got pregnant again. Oh, with the boys? Yep. Yep, and then she came to work one day with the, what do you call them, pictures? Uh, oh, yeah. Um, Bluetooth disconnected. Sonar or whatever. What do they call them? Uh, yeah. Anyhow, so she's... Ultrasound. Yeah, ultrasound. So she comes to the job site. So I get off scaffold, go sit in the truck with her, because she just had her appointment to see how the baby was. And she holds that thing up, and I'm sitting there looking at it, and she goes, and it says, baby A and baby B. <laughs> and she goes, well, here's the picture, you know. And I'm sitting there, it, it didn't dawn on me right away, and I'm thinking... Baby, baby, baby. I'm like, no. Because, yeah, there's two of them in there. <laughs> and they're boys. So that was like. Ah, oh, that's cool. So then I'm like, well, better add on. Two at once. So, yeah, we added on right before they were born. And I remember Adeline, like I can say, she'd been in our room for three years, sleeping in her, in her home bed, you know. Remember, everyone was so worried. They're like, Adelaide's gonna just have a hell of a time not being in the room with you. And bef- the night before we got everything moved in, she camped out with me in her room. And after that, you could never get her to come over. She never had a issue having to be with us at all. Yep, and then we had the boys. So then we fixed the barn up. Yeah. In between there. Oh, so. We did the house. Yeah. The house was done. We started the barn. What was that like before then? All it was was a foundation. Yeah. I mean, just a stone. The barn was gone. It burned years ago. And so, I don't know. Probably nobody would ever fix this barn up except me. Right. And everybody, when I would tell people... I was going to fix this barn up. They didn't think I would do it. <laughs> yeah. You know, and so the more they kept telling me I wasn't going to do it. That's all you needed. Yep. Yep, so we rebuilt her. I actually remember Rod Andy. You know Rod. Yep. He stopped up here one day, and I had just built the block up to the floor deck. I was putting the floor deck on, and he stopped. And he came up here and he said, he goes, they were talking about what you're doing down at the restaurant. He said, at first I didn't believe him. He said, because he thought nobody would do that. So he actually stopped by just kind of to give me props to say, you know, there's not many people that would take something like that on these days, you know. I'm glad we did it, though. How big is this barn? 55 by 35, I want to say. Yeah, I mean, the job that you did with it is just perfect, too. I mean, it, it belongs on this property. Yeah, I didn't want to pull shit out here. No, I, I wanted it, something to look like, like it should be out here. Yeah, right? it's beautiful. I mean, we've talked about it over and over. It comes up in conversation all the time how... You can't find a better place to just hang out, you know. 
It's a shocker when people haven't been up here when they come up here. It's a lot to take in, yeah. Because they don't expect it. Right. Oh, yeah, there's, there isn't a taxidermy around here that has as many mounts and whatnot that's hanging in this barn. Oh, yeah. Gets added to all the time. Well, BB guns last weekend. Oh, yeah. I forgot to tell Brandon. See that I beat? saw it, yeah. That's, that was Grandpa Carl's, yeah. yeah. We so got something. Yeah, we found a good home for it. That is cool. Yeah. And then I surprised Randy. I brought, I brought out a pellet gun that I had because I had two of them, and I'm like, I'm going to give this to Ramsey. And I get it out here, and uh, we're out here all day, and all, Randy picks it up, and he starts looking at it. He goes... Oh, my God, he goes, I've been looking for one of these for a long time. He goes, I had one when I was a kid. And what is it? It's an 840 pneumatic daisy. Yeah. That was my gun. I tell you, it almost teared me up when I seen that gun. <laughs> I mean, I lived with that gun for probably three, four years. Yeah. Day. I mean, that, that was my, my gun. Yeah, I never thought I'd find one. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. So... 97 you bought the place yep the house 48 acres and then oh uh you just added added to this this last year right you bought yep. another 13, 13 acres, acres that yep. yeah so now we got 61 so we got plenty of room yeah for a fire hunting party yeah plus with the neighbors being so good we got plenty of land yeah, and I believe that the uh, the deer population was better this year than it had been in several. I mean, because you were seeing more deer, and um, I think it's just going to get better as long as we can keep. If the DNR will leave it alone, yeah, and not you know promote the annihilation, mass killing again, <laughs> which that really put a you know people don't think about it, but it really dropped the value of the land out here. When, you know, I got this barn, I got the pond built. I mean, this barn is made for hunters. And part of my thinking back then was, I'll sell this for a crazy amount someday. It's some rich person from Illinois that wants a hunting place, you know. Mm -hmm. It's perfect. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they killed all the deer. That dropped the, you know, it didn't drop my taxes any, but right. as far as, like, selling it. Because you know, people were paying huge money out here. Oh, yeah. You know, they could say what they want, but people want land out here because they want deer, you know? Right. So, I don't know. Hopefully, it'll come back. It will. But now that they're starting to come back, the DNR is starting to put the word out there that, you know, they're, they yeah. want to start thinning them down again. Yeah, the pressure's back on with the whole CWD thing or whatever, and it's, def it's always in conversation. Well, now they're doing it in Minnesota, but they're fighting them pretty hard. And there's some, you know, there's some some hunters that, you know, have television shows about hunting that are talking about it now, which helps. And they think it's crazy. They look at what we did here. Right now, Minnesota, you can go to Minnesota, all of us can right now, not buy a license. As long as we have permission from the landowner, we can shoot all the deer we want. That's the way they're doing it right now. That's the now. way they're doing it. Nope. No kidding. They're killing deer to keep deer from dying. That's the DNR. Now, how much sense does that make? We killed how many deer in Iowa County 
because a half a dozen of them had CWD or however many. And the ones that had CWD were alive before they shot them. So the whole thing is ridiculous to me. I mean, if one deer dies, or say a hundred deer die in the whole county of CWD a year, is that going to hurt anything? You know, isn't that better than uh, shooting 50 extra thousand of them? Yeah, I think they're... Uh... I think they're thinking that every deer will get CWD. And I, I don't know if I believe I that. think they're full of shit. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't. I think it's all because insurance companies. When, when they first found CWD, I was actually in here. This barn wasn't remodeled then. It was just a shell. And I was just going to do a temporary thing in here, put some heat in here. And my brother came up and told me about CWD. And I threw my hammer down. And I was like, we had a conversation. I said, well, I guarantee you that they're going to find it right here. I said, because we have so many deer here, and where they found it, there's so many deer. Right away, we were figuring it was, the jig was up, you know what I mean? Something was fishy. Why would you want to just shoot all these freaking deer when they don't even know nothing about it yet, pretty much? It's still and, a lot uh, of questions with it. Yeah, but I guarantee you, if you went back, if you could see, like, American Family's map of car deer incidents, the two hot spots were Vermont Township, where they first found it, and then right away they found it here, you know? There's just as many deer in Richland County, but there aren't as many people, you know, so they're not hitting as many deer. It was just kind of suspicious to me that yeah. right away, oh, Wyoming Valley's got it too. Oh, what a coincidence, you know. And why did they find it here right away? I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, they're definitely, um, Richland County is the big topic of discussion now. Yeah, because they've got more people over there that hit more deer in the road. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. But the DNR can tell you to do it, but it doesn't mean you got to do it. So it's all in the hands of these, these pricks that go out and shoot 50 deer a year. Yeah. Which is not hunting by any stretch. You no, know, it's killing. Know. It's killing. Yeah, it is. it is. It's straight up killing. I didn't go the first year. I did. It's the only year I never hunted because I wanted to see what happened. And uh, I did drive by Hex and seen the dumpsters. I just couldn't believe that anybody would want to be a part of that. So, I don't know. Hopefully it'll get better. Oh, I'm we sure. We the first few years when you guys came out hunting. We sit there with the boys hoping to see a deer on opening day. Yeah. Well, that's depressing. When I used to see 50 of them by 9.30 in the morning. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I grew up just over the hill from here, and uh, um, so I hunted with my dad before I could hunt with my own gun. And uh, so my, the first year I, I I could hunt, my dad set me by this tree, and he just went up the hill maybe 50 yards. And uh, so sitting at the bottom of this tree, pure pitch dark, the 30-30, and all of a sudden, I could hear them. They were coming. And it was a herd. And I had deer running on either side of me, just passing by. And I pulled up, and I just picked one as they were running at me. And I squeezed the trigger, and I got my first deer at the first light of the, my first season. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun back then, wasn't it, see well, all them deer? It was crazy. It was crazy, the amount of deer. And I don't remember... It was all farms back then. I don't remember farmers bitching about deer eating their crops. 
I mean, I'm sure some did, but I don't ever remember that being an issue. Like, not like crop it is. damage. Yeah. Like, we had way more deer back then. Right. And I don't ever remember people. Uh, people never said they had too many deer. No. You know. No. People say that to me. I'm like, I'm a hunter. If if I gotta like fight them to get to my car to get to work in the morning, <laughs> you know what I mean? Then there's too many deer. Yeah. But otherwise, if you're a hunter, why would you say there's too many deer? Because you don't want to see deer when you're sitting in your tree stand? I mean, I don't even understand where that, that thought can even enter your head if you're a hunter. I mean, you ever go hunting and say, oh, it's not there's like, just too many deer. Yeah, it's not like it's <laughs> too <sucks>. easy. They're <laughs> everywhere. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> no, in fact, uh, this year um, I seen one deer opening day and two deer on Sunday. That's that's all I seen. That's terrible, isn't it? Yeah. Now, the bow hunting's a little different around here. Yeah, bow hunting's you, a little better. You do see deer bow hunting. In fact, you know, we we had a podcast with Brandon not too long ago talking about his first archery kill, and uh, the whole we told the whole story, and it was, you know, I hope we can tell stories like that till we can't hunt anymore. Well, we got a good setup up here. I like oh. it. I love you guys coming out. It's so fun. Just the way we do it. You know, we're kind of sheltered in here. We don't know what all the craziness is going on <laughs> everywhere else. Yeah. No, it's a perfect setup. Yep, so the, and we got a pool table now to shoot on. Yep. Well, I've always said that this place needed a pool table. When I walked in here a few weeks ago and seen that pool table, I'm like, I'm in heaven. No, I kind of like it. I'm in heaven. I, I was, I yeah, because I have I haven't seen the whole treadmill and oh, yeah, uh, and bench gym. and all that. Yeah, and the gym Randy set up. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad I built this place. Yeah, all you'd need is a shower, and you would never have to leave it. Well, you don't even need the shower, really. Oh no, we can put a <laughs> we, we can put a wash tub right there in the kitchen floor. Yeah, yeah. that'd just be an extra. But this week, I get the go first. <laughs> <laughs> well, the one good thing, there's no uh, internet capabilities out here. No, that's another thing we talked about. It's like... No cell. You get off the grid. I love that. <laughs> you got to clear yourself from it. Yeah, and all these young people that come out here, they they can't, you know... They get out here a couple times, and I notice they're they're more relaxed about it. But when they first come out here, they <laughs> almost like in panic when they walk yeah. in. They, got, they, can't, they can't get no cell reception. Yeah. Yeah, so then they all stick their phones in that window there. Yeah. And that don't, that's piss poor at best, too, so right. it doesn't work too good. Hit or miss. That was just like a bonus. I didn't know about this building, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but I've been out here a lot of times when Cole and Heston have their buddies out here, and they're always having a good time. Oh, there's yeah. ping pong. There's darts. There's just the conversation without the distraction of the phones, you know? Yeah. That's what's nice. Yeah. That's what's nice about this. Like today, you guys come for breakfast, and we're canning turkey, hanging out. Yeah. What's wrong with that, huh? That's what people need to do more of that. Absolutely. It's a connection. Yeah. What's better than just tweeting somebody or whatever, you know? Yeah. Texting people. Like my kids text all the time. Drives me crazy. (laughs) And I can't see the text anymore. So I don't know why people text me. <laughs> I got a text the other day. So I, I uh, was texting someone back and it was the wrong person. 
realized I couldn't read what was wrong. <laughs> yeah, I have uh, I have the print on my phone jacked up as high as it'll go, and I still struggle. <laughs> yeah. That uh, the guy that David Sinclair that Joe had on, they were talking about uh, research that's going into uh, help eyesight as far as how it relates to aging and uh, curing blindness. And he thinks, like, within the next 10 years, they'll have, they'll know either how to do uh, either a gene mutation or just how you can, like, supplement and keep your eye health yeah. good well, I tell you and what, cure. That's the only thing I've <coughs> noticed at 49, though, that I think I'm losing. Other than that, I don't feel, I feel great. But just my eyes. That that's, does bother me because I can't shoot that good. That's why it bothers me. Well, I'll tell you what. I always made fun of my older friends when they'd get their cheaters out yeah. just to read something or whatever. And then um, one day I was at someone's place and their cheaters were laying there on the table. So just for shits and giggles, I put them on. And I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> I can't see. <laughs> right? You know, so now I have them in my truck. I got a pocket pair I keep with me. I got them at work, nightstand, kitchen table, bathroom. I got them everywhere. I got them all over the place. So I can never find them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and when it and when it starts to go, it goes big time. Every year it goes goes more and more. Yeah. Yeah, I used to be able to get away with a like a .125 or whatever. Now I'm up to a, almost a, or 2.0 or whatever. Holy moly, it's bad. So appreciate what you got, you young fellas. Well, yeah. I've had I've had glasses since I was in kindergarten. That's true. And I don't think my eyes have really changed at all. This last time I went in, he said that they. Just the slightest, but he said, as long as I'm not getting headaches or I don't think that my vision's off at all, then then I'm good so, with the same prescription. So with your eyesight, if you take your glasses off, you can't see close or far away? No, everything's fuzzy. Like, I can't read anything on that computer screen from right here. How about across the room? I mean, I know that that says hams. I don't know what that one says. Okay. So I, I can't still, read what that seat seat heater. heater. I can't read any. I of that. still have that. I can still see far away. Yeah, but I can see far away. But I can't see close up at all. It's the print. Like now, I can read it if okay. I'm. But everything's fuzzy, and oh, the closer I get, the worse it gets. <laughs> yeah. Without cheaters. I forget what recently. I, like, I needed my contacts for something, but I didn't have them. And I was, like, working out or something. I don't like to do that with my glasses. I forget what it was, but I didn't have my glasses on for, like, an hour. And then, so I kind of just got used to how blurry everything was. And when I went to put them back on, because I'm normally just used to having them on, so when, he, when I don't for a while and I put them back on, it's like the details and everything, when it comes back, is like, holy oh, yeah. crap. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Last that uh, Bernard White. Yeah. He's what ninety four. I want to say. And uh, at my dad's funeral, I seen him. I said, you know, he's a real smiley guy. I said, I guess I'd be smiling too if I was your age. You know. I said, how how is it being ninety four? He said, well, you don't uh, see too well. You don't pee too well. <laughs> he goes, but other than that, it's pretty good. <laughs> huh. Yeah, I guess we got that to look forward to now, huh? <laughs> right? <laughs> well, I can still pee well. Well, I can see him. I got that going yet, too, yeah. Yeah, so, Heston, have you been out ice fishing? Not really. Not as much as I would like to have been this year. You have been, though. Mm Mm-hmm. Catching anything? Northerns. A lot of northerns. Tip-up fishing, then. Yep. I don't even jig anymore. Oh, you don't? Nope. I just tip-up fish. find that more fun because I got a grill set up now, so set our tip-ups out and get some burger out that I brought with me and start cooking up some burgers. Yeah. Just eat burgers on the ice and catch a lot of northerns. So have you caught any keepers yet? We catch a lot of keepers, but we always release everything we catch. Oh, you do? We end up going for eight hours or more at a time. So we could just throw them on the ice and keep them for later, but we'll get back at 11.30 at night and we don't feel like cleaning fish or anything. Well, I tell you what, um, uh, Brandon's Uncle Bobo used to bring Carl at least four or five northern every winter, and he'd pickle it. And that is the way to have northern, pickled northern. Oh, my goodness. You have that recipe at all? Or do you, would you know how to? Shirley would have it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's not hard to do either. No. No, we should do that. Yeah, Kathy Bloom's got a real good recipe. We used to do red horse. Because you. Suckers. As good as any pickled herring I ever had. Yeah. And you don't, what, and the cool thing about pickling a northern, like, you know, how they're bony or whatever. Mm-hmm. Doesn't really even matter because the the yeah you leave all the bones in there. off the bone. Well, they dissolve. Yeah, you can't even tell there's uh, a bone in there. Yeah. Nope. So that's what's nice about it. But you know, um, the other day I was watching a, a video of this woman cleaning a northern, and she made it look so easy. I watched that exact same video. She made it look real yeah, easy. It was unbelievable. It ain't that hard to take the white bones off the northern. No, she just she was. She made it look super easy. And and honestly, northern is about as good a fish as you're going to eat around here. Oh, yeah. Yep. Pressure building? Oh, yeah. Don't be long now. Yep. I'm real interested in seeing how that turns out. Oh, me too. Cause, I mean, you, then we can do wild turkeys. You guys both turkey hunt? Yep, we are. Yeah, yeah, so we got what? One, two. Mom, two. Shelly's two got boys, a. boys, yeah. Shelly's got could, a tag. Be a good way to use some. But doing them burgers with that fresh wild turkey was fantastic last year, I thought. Yeah, I was out here that one day and you, you did that. One, eh? Yeah, it yeah, was really some good. crumbs and seasoning and yep. ground it up. Man, it was good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think uh, if this works out good. You know, it'd be a, a better way to do pheasant. We got it in there for rabbit too. Rabbit would be good. You know, I mean, you could go out and get a pile of rabbits if you want to can rabbit. 
Yep, that'd be the way to do it. Yep. The more you can get from the land, the better off you are. 100%. Plus, I just want my pantry to be like in better homes and gardens. <laughs> <laughs> you ever see that magazine? I seen they had a thing on people's pantries. I mean, they take pride in like, oh, that is so cool. Because you know the work that goes into all that. A lot of work. But yeah. Look keep, at their reward, though. It, it's, it's like you don't go to the supermarket, you know? Do all your hunting, gathering, preserving, mm-hmm. then you go to your pantry. Being yep. self-sufficient. Yep. Yeah, the other just like the other night, I'm like, um, we were in need of groceries, and I wanted to make supper for us, and I'm like, well, I guess I could take out a pizza, and I got to think, well, you dumbass, you just brought home all that venison. <laughs> <laughs> so, You're moving the venison all the way. <laughs> yeah. In a box. Yeah. <laughs> I was so happy when... Shelly sat down and ate that with me and loved it because I was, she's not a real big venison person, but you, you couldn't really even tell. I mean, well, I don't know. I think a lot of that's just mental because I hear people say, I think it tastes so gamey. much better though. You know, what's gamey? These deer eat corn, alfalfa, they eat soybeans, they eat better than beef around here. Yeah. Know? I mean, just as good. I think that gamey thing is a thing of the past. I think it was back when. You know, before we had all these farms everywhere. Yeah. And hunting, like, the big north woods or stuff. Maybe they're gamey up there because they're eating pine bark or whatever, but not here. I mean, they're just... Look at the fat on them. Right. They're they're not uh, tough. I mean, they're just wonderful. Yeah. People say that about squirrels, I've heard, too, but... If you didn't know it was a squirrel... Oh, my God. It'd be just just like a chicken wing. (laughs) I mean, it's not... We'll tell Randy it's about. That's how you raise. I grew up eating all that, so in my mindset, it was never bad. That stuff was good. I, I, yeah, I liked it. You yeah. know. So, but people that don't have it, and then they hear, oh, it's a, you know, it's a squirrel or whatever. They just they get that attitude about it. You know? Yeah. Well, you know what's even funnier is uh, when I was growing up, my dad was friends with Donald Olson down there in Helena, and Donald raised goats, so he'd have. You know, 25, 30 goats, and every year he'd take six, seven of them in, have them processed at Straka's, have uh, hot dogs, uh, summer sausage, all that stuff made out of it. And he'd give us summer sausage occasionally and whatever. And then my dad would have friends over, and he'd say, hey, I'm going to slice up some sauce, slice up the sausage. And they'd be like, oh, this is really good. What is it? And he goes, well, it's goat. <laughs> and it, most people would turn them off yep. as soon as they knew it even after they just got done saying how good it tasted yep. to me you just can't beat meat that you've raised or, or harvested yourself yep. you know? all the venison in this freezer and in them jars I'm looking out the window pretty much where they came from yep. you know, for the most part they just get drugged down the hill and they don't get out of the barn. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, tell Randy about uh, Stephen Ranella serving his family. Um, yeah, so, cougar. yeah, he uh, he got a cougar and apparently that's it's the like a... That, that's the guy that... Pat well, Nugent says the cougar's good eat. It's well, a white meat. It's like a Stephen Ranella is the guy that wrote that cookbook that okay. Rosaro gave you. So yeah, the uh, we listened to his podcast. He was talking. He made up the cougar and the chicken because he and 
he makes his kids and his wife eat whatever he, you know, he harvests like sea cucumbers and stuff and he'll make, you know, eat that. And so he did the cougar and his, uh, he asked his wife, uh, how, how's that taste? And she's like, well, it's good. It's the chicken, right? He's like, no, you're eating the cougar. Really? Yeah, so she she's like, well, it tastes like chicken. A lot of people say it tastes like pork, t- like a tenderloin or chicken, and it's delicious, apparently. It's just the oh, thought, sure. you know? It's just yeah, the thought. Yeah, it's just how, yeah, I mean, whatever's in your mind, that's, yeah. you know, you can't fight it. You know what I'd like to try sometime, and I hear these guys on these podcasts talk about it. You know, it's like these guys that do the hunting TV shows and all that stuff. Well, some of them do it a little differently than Stephen Ronell. Stephen Ronell is out there for the he's a meat hunter. And yeah, when they talk about the the black bears that have foraged on blueberries for weeks and weeks or whatever and how much that meat tastes like blueberry. The fat really? turns like purple. Yeah, the fat'll wow. turn purple on them. That's how many blueberries they they gorge themselves on. I'd like to try that sometime. That would be awesome. Well, I love black bear. Hessen shot that one. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, and Steven Ranella, he renders the fat down and uh, uses that's it. What, that's what we gotta do next time. Yeah. I mean he 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 uses it uh what's what's that saying? Uh from the Tail bark to the tail or whatever. What? How does that go? He uses everything. The tail, the nose, t- everything. Yeah. And it's it's good to be that way, right? Well, he can afford to. He's got the time to be that way too, though. You know? That's his whole life. How much money do you think it costs him to go hunt one of them? Yeah. Right. Yeah, and then then he makes up these recipes and writes cookbooks and so he's kind of, he's more of a writer yeah he, he's the podcast is kind of his real side side thing the show gets i mean he's part of that but he i don't think he has a hand in actually making that he has people like editing and doing all that but then yeah he he's written books i think that's like his third cookbook because he did a small game and then a big game and now this one's got like everything from fish to he's got beaver in this one so i'm gonna have danny traps beaver i'm gonna get one and try it have you ever had uh have you seen how you can do the tail i don't know if i want to do the tail because i seen it on uh one of the malaskan shows yeah and it, they said the texture of it's really different i'd be know. willing to try it I'd though i'd try it i guess you never know i mean it just seems like it, to me it'd be like tongue. I got no desire to eat. I tongue would either. try that too. Yeah. I would try tongue. Now listen. I guess I'd try it. The way he says to do it as like a like a cold sandwich meat almost. Yeah. So you yeah. cook it, but then you cool it, and then you slice it to where it's like. Take that to work, Joe. You have that tongue hanging on both sides of the bread. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be something. That would be. Yeah, it's he he does it right. Whatever he goes out and targets, he has every intention of, of putting it in his freezer and feeding it to his family. And using all of it. Oh yeah. Well, and I tell you, even like living here where we live, even working forty hour job, 
I mean, you can go out and, uh, you can, uh, get a lot of meat for your family. You know what I mean? That you don't have to buy. That's natural. Yeah. Good for you. I mean, yeah. look at rabbits, you know, there's just, and squirrel. I mean, you can get a lot of those pretty easy about anywhere. And mm-hmm. then if you got venison, you can get a couple turkey to throw in there. I mean, it's quite the variety, too. It's oh. not like just pork, beef, or chicken. You know, there's a lot more out you here. You can add to wild. it by going waterfowl hunting, oh, pheasant yeah. hunting. Morning mm-hmm. doves. Yep. Woodchucks are not endangered anymore. They're oh, they're not? Delicious. Yep. Me and Hester have ate woodchuck before. Oh, yeah? Yep. Very good. Yep, it's sweet. It's good. It's the cleanest animal I ever cleaned. Really? I was just, I couldn't believe how clean that thing was. Why were they on the endangered? I don't know. Is it because of Groundhog Day? I don't know what the deal is. Think about it, you know. I know they had a lot of young at one time, so I don't think much Population was probably not, it couldn't have been an issue, really. Well, it's just been one of those things that from way back when, they never change it. You know, there's a lot of stuff on the books. Even. Right. You know, like rabbits only being three limit. That's just because there's not enough people rabbit hunting anymore. I mean, they could have ten on the, for rabbits, probably. It wouldn't hurt anything. But it's just the way it's been on there. So, yeah, there's fish. I mean, you can just... I think you really could, if you did it right, you could eat your own harvested. Well, if I get enough venison, that's like our beef. I can do without beef. Same. That, you know? I Since we've done all that from my buck in October through the gun hunt, I haven't even, I mean, the only time I've ate beef is if I get a burger or something at a restaurant, but no. even then, I, I prefer the venison. Yeah, that's the way I am. And my kids eat it. Life likes it. Everybody likes it. Yeah, I was so happy when even, like, the liver and stuff that Christy could get on board with. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I still haven't tried any of that. I still have one bag left of the liver. Yeah. The heart's gone. All kinds of uh, roast and ground still, but I got one bag of liver left. Oh. Venison heart. Oh, I just love it. Well, didn't you say somebody used to pickle that, too? Yeah, Jamie Peterson's mom um, pickles heart for him, and he'll bring it in, share it with us at work. It's nothing better than putting it on a little saltine cracker. And, really? Oh, so mm. good. The thing that Stephen said, too, at one time, he said, even if you live in a city and you want to try and provide for yourself somehow, he said, anyone can go catch some frogs and do frog legs. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can do frog, like, anywhere, just find some water. Well, anything with meat you can eat. Well, yeah. Well, and then it goes even beyond that. There's people out there that that forage in the woods, mushrooms and... That's where we could all be better at. Yeah, like... uh, chicken of the woods or whatever and stuff and i've never stuff. had that i've never had it either everybody raves it yeah they know where they're at you know we can get them right yeah we need to try them uh 
I was at uh, Trader's Bar one afternoon, and a guy walks in, and he's got this big box with uh, Hand of the Woods in it. And uh, Terry, it was for Terry, the owner of the bar. Yep. And uh, he must just love it because... Oh, people were crazy for yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, Hestonino's hers are a few big ones. And they'll come back the same year to them trees usually. So Chris Lucy's an expert at that stuff. Really? Yeah, he loves it, you know. Oh, that's, if we all wanted to be just more involved in nature and forage for stuff, I mean, yeah, the sky's, and then all that stuff was medicine before, yeah, before there was medicine, you know? Well, that's where all medicine is derived from, is from natural plants. Then they make it synthetically, and they can never make it as good. Yeah, willow bark is a good pain reliever, isn't willow it? Willow bark's good for you. Yeah. Oh, I'm kind of craving something. <laughs> <laughs> I have to check my shirt pockets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, willow bark. Well, aspen bark, that's where aspirin came from. Is it? Yep. Oh, there's all kinds of stuff out there It's good for you if you, you know what, what you're looking for. Yeah. And it's all. It's is there all, an app on a phone? There's. I mean, there, if there ain't, there's there's. Shit there is. Me. There's apps on the phone that you can take a picture. That's what they of mean. a leaf or anything. Yep. A plant. And, and it sends it off, and within minutes it'll come back and and yeah. and tell you if it's edible, what it's good for. Yep. I, there's I, a lot of root plants that are used in medicines and elderberry grows here that's that's uh that's used for a lot and now because they're researching it so much they're finding there's so many things out there that they kind of weren't really looking at before and now they're finding it's got a lot of benefits so every fall we go to uh the apple orchards and get apples and and I love the apple donuts. Oh, apple had, cider donuts. Apple cider donuts and all that. So I always get my jams when I go there. Them little jars that the Amish people put together or whatever. My favorite jam is elderberry uh, by far. Hundred and, and the blueberries, that blueberry jams. Yeah. I love jam. We do. We make a lot of jam over here. Carla makes a lot of it. Yeah, that freezer jam that she does. Yeah, that's really the good. Black cap jam. Was it last year when I picked all the black? The black caps were like, that was last year, right? Mm. Yeah, we had all that rain. No, it was last year. It was. I, you know, when I'm a picker from way back, and uh, I was just, I had more. I was giving them away, but I just couldn't quit picking. I never seen picking so good. Just handfuls of them. I mean, as a guy that picked berries since I'm a little kid, you just dream about it. It was so nice. That's yeah, kind of we your froze a bunch. Too. That's kind of your time of the year too, because you like sitting down every night with some ice cream. And oh, I don't miss a night. Black <laughs> that's caps. what. Black caps and ice cream. I think we did that done. when I was babysitting you guys. I'm pretty sure we did that oh, every day. Did, oh, yeah, <laughs> we'd swim in the pond, go get a pail, pick a bunch of black caps, and have some ice cream for lunch. <laughs> that's living there. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, guys, just got to get out of the house and get out there and do it. And it's the best way to spend your time. Yeah, I'm real excited. There's some 
there's a it's a really small I think it's only like 10 acres of a, it's I think it's considered a state park 10 minute drive from my apartment and when I went there to squirrel hunt I got two squirrels saw a pheasant morning oh. doves all kinds of deer sign really yeah and it's only 10 acres and half of its woods and half of its fields. Probably nobody even hunts in there. There was some people hiking and whatnot really? when I was there, but it didn't nice. look like there. I mean, I can't imagine. I'm hoping that I can maybe make it my little spot to go oh, yeah. pick stuff up. Well, I just found a beautiful spot this year out by Leland. It's in the Conservancy. I was telling you about that, Jordan. Yeah. It's hundreds and hundreds of acres. It's huge. There's no really hardly any trails through there. It's all like an old abandoned farm. And I can't wait to go check that out. Hey, where was, where's that spot you were telling me about that has the ice? Form? That's the spot. Is it really? You know? No, it's getting nice. we got to go there and check that yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. You think we'd, we'd have to snowshoe in? Right now you would. Yeah. But it ain't a very far walk. But it's down a steep, it's got a really steep valley. I drove from one side to the other side, and it was way over a mile, you know, to get to the other side. That's all one piece. So it's a lot of, lot yeah. of land in there. Now I'm going to definitely be exploring that mushrooms. And... Yeah, and then we got the Wisconsin River. You know, yeah, we camped once last year, but then we had all that rain, and we never could get back out on there. No, it's flooded all. It was flooded the whole time. Yeah, oh, it was so fun though. The oh. One night we were catching fish left and right. No, that was a blast. Yeah. We got to do a lot more of that. Yeah, I mean, I we have river property, and we couldn't even use it this year. Yeah. It was, it was yeah. flooded the whole time. Well, we ended up camping down by. Where did we go, basketball? We that put in at Muscaday, and then we took out at basketball. Oh, beautiful out that way in the river. Nobody out there. No. Good fishing. That's the last good place you can go camp, pick your own spot. Doesn't cost you anything. You know, you don't, you know, some bureaucrat putting rules on you. It's like the last free spot to go. Hope it stays like that. Yeah. You know, if they don't narrow it down to designated areas. And yep. And you don't have to shit in a bag and bring it home with you. 